know, so often we get into a hurry to move on to the next thing, and so, so often we, we find ourselves picking up the pace. And, and I've just been realizing and I've been finding that the more I slow down, the more I make room in my life, the more opportunities God's been presenting to me to either be a, a, hand, a extend a hand of friendship to somebody, m- maybe actually get a word from the Lord. I, I found that that it's given me opportunities to engage differently with my my wife and my children. And I know and what I've come to realize is that as I read Scripture and as I read about Jesus. This is exactly what he demonstrated, a life that wasn't in a hurry. I was even reminded as I was talking about this very subject with some friends that that Jesus actually was so unhurried by anything that he allowed his friend to remain dead for three days. It's interesting because we would think, well, gosh, how, how heartless could you be to to have the power to raise him from the dead, and yet you're not in a hurry to get to his, his aid, and yet the outcome was still the same. He raised his friend from the dead. And so I think I've just been realizing that, that, that if, it's, if it's good enough for Jesus to live a life that's a little unhurried, it doesn't mean that there's not seasons and times where we might pick up the pace a little bit, but just generally speaking, what if, what, if, what if this has been really about us learning how to, to really slow down? To be a little bit unhurried. To give ourselves a little bit of permission to be present to the moment that we're in. And who knows, maybe, just maybe, we, we might find ourselves with an unction to encourage somebody or to share our good news with somebody. Maybe, just maybe, in our waiting, in our patience, we actually get the answer to that prayer we've been praying for, for oh so long. What if maybe, just maybe, we actually get a word from the Lord that has the power to change everything? I think so often that's moments like this. We just give room for for the Holy Spirit to move, really move. It's one thing to pray that things would be broken off of our life. It's another thing to believe that they can be broken off. It's a whole other thing to wait long enough for them to be broken off. So, Father, I just pray that in this moment, even in the midst of the transition, the work you are doing, the work you've been doing, the work you desire to do would be done right here in Jesus' name. That everything that needs to be broken off our life tonight would be, in fact, broken off with just a word, Jesus. So we're not in a hurry. We're just full of expectation. And in the expectation, we're learning how to slow down and to be present so that we can experience and encounter the fullness of your presence. I don't want just a little bit. I don't want just a dose. I want to feel I want to experience, I want to encounter your goodness. I truly want to taste and see how good you are.
We want to be a people that live with a desire to encounter you, to experience you, to know you, to really, really know you. Because we know that if we know you like that, it's there where the breaking happens, where the purpose is discovered, and the fullness of life begins. So, Father, have your way. Holy Spirit, come. Do your work. Let us not get in the way. Let us not hurry past the moment. But let us give room and give way for your presence to fill this room, to break off everything that needs to be broken off, to mend everything that needs to be mended, to heal everything that needs to be healed, to stir up everything that needs to be stirred up, to release everything that needs to be released, to empower what needs to be empowered, to break through what needs to be broken through, to love what needs to be loved, to wrap your arms around whom needs to experience the love of a father. Holy Spirit, come. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. In your wonderful, mighty, majestic name. All God's people said, amen. Amen. So in the spirit of tonight, I wanted to encourage us and, and invite us, if, if for whatever reason you haven't been apprised to what we've been shifting our attention towards, as Brandon shared with you, we're getting ready to start seven days of prayer and fasting. And, um, and if I was being really honest with you, the, the Lord has been really stirring me and been speaking to me, me very specifically about this particular season of prayer and fasting. And I just want to go on record and say that we're going to do it this coming week, and then we're also going to do it again to kick off the fall. And last week, I, I, I shared a message with you in our Disciples series on, on what I believe Jesus was really um, intentional about teaching us as it relates to the posture of, of three patterns, the pattern of generosity, the pattern of prayer, and the pattern of fasting. And if you missed that, you can go back and listen to it on our website. But just to summarize in Matthew uh, 6 and 16 through 18, basically what Jesus was saying was, hey, let's, let's ensure that when we do this, we don't do it with the spirit of a hypocrite. Don't deprive yourself. Don't, 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 don't cause yourself to look as though you're uh, weary and dirty. And in other words, he just simply was saying, hey, take a shower, put on some cologne, and get about your life and just trust that I see everything you're doing. And know that my greatest desire is to reward you for that which you do. And as I was reflecting on that, I had this full intention of like teaching a second part to that, that whole context. And, and I found myself kind of going backwards and forth in Scripture. And, and I'm reading Isaiah 58, and that's a, an incredible passage of Scripture as it relates to the intention of fasting. And there's so much depth behind it as, as they were coming out of, of the Babylonian exile and what God was really trying to ensure that they understood as they were coming out of that season and entering into a new season. And he was kind of even then calling out people that were very hypocritical, kind of acting the part but not actually devoted and living the part. And so I had this kind of grandiose idea that I was going to do a, a, another teaching in relation to this idea of fasting. And so I went on this study binge, and 
And I often do that when I get excited about a topic. And so most of Wednesday and most of Thursday, and I'm also still trying to get back into a rhythm of preparing messages, which has also been very difficult for me because I've realized how out of rhythm I am. And, and, and so I found myself reading and studying and praying and crying out to the Lord. And I was literally burning holes in my, in my office floor, literally because I was just pacing backwards and forth. And then I, I finally sat down on my couch and I just sat there with my hands up like this, like, come on, if you've got a word, like you've got to show it to me because I'm reading all this, but there's just nothing is connecting. Nothing is clicking. And, and I got so frustrated. Yes, I get frustrated. You're thinking you got frustrated in your prep. Yes, I got so frustrated in my preparation. I had all this information. I had all these tabs open. I am the king of tabs when it comes to prepping. I got YouTube videos and I got, I've got commentaries and I got theologians. I got everybody. I got all of them. I got 17 different Bible versions that I pull out and it just, I don't know if it makes me look more, the, more like more spiritual or, or what, but I, I just pulled them all out. I even pulled one out that I never even read before. It was brand new. I opened it up. I'm like, maybe this is the one. And I was just like, man, I'm getting lost in this sea of thought. It was like, you know, like when you just get information overload. That's how I felt. I just, oh, man, I've got so much information, but I don't think I have anything to impart to anybody. So I stopped. I closed my laptop. I grabbed my keys, and Katie at this point has caught wind of what's going on because, you know, she's like, yo, are you okay down there? Because I can smell smoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the car. I'm going to go to the gym. I got in the car, and I just found myself on the car ride from my house to the gym crying out to the Lord. I don't even know what I was crying out. I was just, just like, help. What am I doing? Should I go back on sabbatical and just let Brandon keep preaching? Because clearly he's got it better than me. Am I thinking about all my friends I could call to fly in? They're like, couldn't you just come in and preach for me? I'm just going to take the weekend off. And then the church would be like, didn't you just have like a whole month off? Should you really do that? Do we really need to hear from somebody else? I mean, everything I could think of, I was saying. Can I, I'm just being honest here. Like the Catholics have confessional, I just have you. <laughs> and I'm crying out to the Lord, and, and I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the, the, the car ride from my house to the gym, which is about eight miles, or eight minutes, not miles, without any lights, and sometimes with the light it can be 22 minutes because that light is a bugger. And you all know if you go from my house to the gym, which one I'm talking about, I don't even have to tell you. You just get stuck for hours. It's crazy. I don't know how. Like three cars get to go, and that's it. And all of a sudden, I found myself, and I uttered this sentence that finally made sense. Lord, what is your desired outcome for this pattern of prayer and fasting? You know, like one of those moments where you're like, I hope somebody wrote that down because that was really good. Except it just stuck. And it became my prayer. What is your desired outcome for this pattern of prayer and fasting? It became my pattern as I drove to the gym. It became my pattern as I, I walked into the gym. I was intentional about going to the gym when I was hoping that there was nobody else there because I just needed to have a moment to myself. And, you know, there was a, a, a member of our gym there, and she was great, and you know, she's such a beautiful and, and, and sweet person. And um, and I just loved her dearly. She could, could tell, I think, that I was just needing to have a moment to myself, and I think even Will was there, and he kind of just walked down and, like, waved at me and was like, bye. Um, 
And, and I just got into this rhythm of, of this workout, and, and I just kept praying this prayer. What is your desired outcome as I'm working out? And, and that's not very common for me, but it just happened to be Thursday. It became my prayer as I left the gym. And I also text Will and said, that has got to be the most awful workout I've ever done. I think I actually threw up in the middle of the workout and rallied. So, Brandon, you're not alone anymore. I've been baptized myself into the Puke and Rally Club. I don't, dude, it got me. I'm still feeling it. It became my prayer, and I got home, and I didn't really have a lot of time to sit down and kind of unpackage that prayer, and so I just committed to the Lord that I was just going to keep praying that prayer. What's your desired outcome for this pattern? And we had to get moving because we had, we had an appointment that we had set, and then we had to get ready for another lacrosse game in the rain, and that was fun. And so, and then obviously, you know, come Friday, I try to unplug and, and take a Sabbath, and I don't look at my phone, and I don't study, I don't read, I don't do a whole lot of things. I just kind of sleep, and sometimes I go to the gym, sometimes I walk to the store, is my new thing recently, and it's just been my deal. And so for 24 hours, it became my prayer, Lord, what is your desired outcome? What is your desired outcome? And I, and I prayed that, and I just left it on Friday. I didn't get stirred by it. I didn't allow it to drive me. Quite honestly, I wasn't feeling well either, so that probably played into it. I slept a bunch on Friday. Katie took the boys out to this thing at the school, and I just stayed at home, and she just let me have some space. And all of a sudden, as I went to sleep on Friday night, it was like I dreamt this, this moment where the Lord began to whisper this passage of Scripture into my ear. And I woke up, and the first thing that came to my mind when I woke up, and I know this sounds super spiritual, but it is just the truth, was this passage of Scripture. And it was this, in Matthew 6 and 33, it says, But first, and most importantly, seek Him. Seek Him. Seek Him. The Amplified Version says, But first, and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. The attitude and character of God. This is the Amplified Version that I'm reading to you. And all of these things will be given to you also. It's just a simple, it's just a simple invitation. That I felt like the Lord had whispered to me. He said, it's just seek it, to seek me first. Seek me. Seek me, seek me. It was like over and over. It became this record and this song that I began to just feel and sense deeply in my soul that this wasn't just for me, but this was really for us. Seek Him. And as I began to pray this, this passive scripture, and as I began to just meditate on it Saturday, it, it all of a sudden began to answer the question that I had posed on Thursday. What is your desired outcome for this pattern of prayer and fasting? And this is truly what I felt like he, sent, he said to me, and this is what I believe he's saying to us, that his desired outcome, that we would first and most importantly seek his kingdom and his righteousness. We would seek his way of doing and being right. That we would seek the attitude and the character of God. And it was like all of a sudden this peace came over me. 
And I was sitting there and I was just processing and thinking about this text. And I, and I just started to reflect on my own, my own life and our own situation and our own conversation around this pattern of prayer and fasting. And I don't know about you, but in the weeks leading into this particular time of prayer and fasting, and maybe just now you're kind of being enlightened to what we're doing. We found ourselves getting caught up in the, what do we fast? And then we started thinking about what we could fast, and we go, well, how do we make that happen? How does our schedule, or how will our schedule get in the way of us being able to do any of those things that we thought we could fast? How do we rearrange our work and our schedules and our boys and, and sports and gym and all of these things and into in this idea of fasting? And yet his word, his desired outcome is for us as his church, his bride, to seek him. To seek him. You see, it's not about what you fast. It's about why you're doing it. It's never about what. Right throughout Scripture. It's not about what, it's about why. Why are you doing it? If you're doing it because we told you to, don't. Please. Don't. But if you're doing it truly because you want to draw closer to Him, then, then do it. And whatever you do, do it with that intention that it's just removing that thing from your life for a period of time so that you can do what it is that he desires for us to do. That is to seek him. And what I find to be so amazing about this scripture is that it says if we would seek his kingdom and his righteousness first, all the things that we need that are outlined in Matthew 6 verses 19 through 32 will be given to you. Everything you need. Every answer to your prayer. Every cry, every tear, every shout of joy. Every physical thing, every emotional thing, every spiritual thing. I have found that the closer I get to Him, the less I'm praying about things and the more I'm praying about Him because if I get more of Him in my life, He will then provide everything I need and it will begin to flow from Him to me, through me, to everything around me. And what I've discovered is that when you get healthy and you get into a posture of devotion to the Father, Father, all of a sudden healthy things around you begin to sprout up. And it's not because I prayed they get healthy. I just prayed that I draw closer to Him. My marriage is healthier because I got closer to Him. I love my wife, but she doesn't come first in my life. And the truth is, is I don't come first for her. And I'm okay with that. My boys are healthier. Our relationship is healthier. Our conversations are healthier because I've gotten closer to Him. Not because I've gotten closer to them. It's a byproduct of my desire for more of Him. and It's resulted in a better relationship with them. And so what I've discovered with this word and the, and the fact or the definition or, or the explanation of it is just something I've come to love as I've just been studying over the last literally 24 hours. That even like the Pharisees, we, we tend to pray and fast to seek or gain approval from each other. You know, it's like when you're a kid, you're like, you know, you're like picking on somebody. Well, my daddy, 
you know, well, my daddy was a cop, you know, so he's got all his cop buddies. Well, my daddy was in the army, so he's got his army buddies. And well, my daddy was a cop and then he was a captain. So he's got like the whole and all of a sudden it's like, let, who's who can one up each other? Well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go on a seven day liquid only fast. Well, you win, bro. I'm out because I'm not. Somewhere along the side, bow down and make a phone call. I'm just going to bow down and make a call and just get myself out of this situation. It's not about who does what and how they do it. We're not looking to get approval or seek the approval from each other. I'm not looking to gain or establish righteous status. I'm not even doing this to really truly seek meaning or purpose, to be quite honest with you. And I'm not inviting you to do that either. Because what will happen is if I go in with that approach, I will succumb to the pressure of the world and really only truly will I operate or start to operate out of the expectation the world has of me or the purpose the world has of me or even, heck, the purpose that you think your parents have of you or your spouse has of you or your children have of you or your parents have of you. And that's not the objective. The objective is to seek Him first. And if we would do that, all of a sudden everything else will begin to fall in line. But the problem is, is we take our eyes eyes off him. Ask Peter when he stepped out of the water on the word. It wasn't Jesus that caused him to sink. It was he took his eyes off of Jesus and put it on the wind. That's what caused him to sink. So what happens is we go through life and like, why am I struggling? Why is my marriage not working out? Why is my finances out of order? Why is my relationships not thriving? Why don't I have more friends? It's because maybe possibly we either took our eyes off Jesus or we never fixed him on him in the first place. And I think that's why Jesus in all of this is reminding us in 633, first and foremost, seek his kingdom. Seek his kingdom. That that word seek is the Greek word for zeteo. And it's defined this way. It says, I seek, I search for, I desire, I require, I even demand. I remember being in discipleship group uh, last year and Will was there, and we were praying uh, for a couple of the guys in our group to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I love this because Will actually used this very word in one of his prayers. He said, he said Father, we demand it of you. And I was kind of like taken back by it. I'm like, I don't think we can do that. And I got, got, like at first, at first I was kind of like, yo, this dude just went like kind of gangster on, on, on God. Like, but here we find that in the definition of seek, it took me this long to come to the realization that his prayer was spot on. Like we demand from you that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit. We demand that if we spend time in your presence, we draw closer to you and we become more like you. We desire to be like you. We're searching for more of you. We require to become more like you because that's ultimately what you desire of us so in short we could summarize the definition to seek in order to find well you know the hide and seek game the whole purpose is to seek and find if that is true in just the the elementary game of hide and go seek how much more truer is it for us if we were to take that same approach with seeking in order to find what if, what if as a, as a church, as a community, what if we took these next seven days to go on a seeking in order to find mission? What if we all went on a 
seek in order to find mission. But if we went on a searching, a desiring, a requiring, and even demanding from him more of his presence, mission. What if we went on a searching, desiring, requiring, and even demanding from him his will be done in our life? What if we went on a searching, desiring, requiring, and even demanding from him his purpose be revealed to us in a real and personal way? If he knows the desires of our hearts, and he does, then what if our time of prayer and fasting was completely devoted on him, towards him, about him, not what we need from him, but rather simply put all of him? What if? What if that was our posture? What if it wasn't a list? And I recall when I went on, on my very first sabbatical for a week, and it wasn't really sabbatical, it was just a, it was a, it was a vacation. I went to Utah, and I remember, I remember very vividly, I had a whole list of things that I wanted to address with the Lord. I had a whole list. It was like two pages of journal notes. I still have that journal. Whole list. And I remember on the Saturday leading up to me leaving on the Monday, I was going to preach that Sunday, and then I was going to be gone for the whole week. I was flying to Utah for a whole week to just get away and be with the Lord. I remember on that Saturday, I was in prayer that morning, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, um, why don't you go ahead and write all that down and leave it here? I said, no. We got things to talk about. We got, you got some explaining to do. I need some answers. And I got questions that you're going to provide answers to. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just write those down and leave that here. I was like, you know. I don't want to. But I did it. And you know what I found? Him. I found him. I found him on the top of a mountain. It was the most freeing, healing moments of my life. Because I didn't go with things. I went with a desire to seek him. Here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. He knows the desires of our hearts. He knows every question you have. He knows every fear, every worry. He knows every business decision. He knows every relational decision or question or thought you have. He knows that you have a desire to be married one day. He knows that you want to have a family one day. He knows that you want to buy a house one day. He knows that you want to start that business one day. He knows that you want to, or you're thinking about, or you're considering one day. He knows it all. Yet so often we take control back from him and try to orchestrate and arrange all those things on our own strength and all he's asking us to do is seek him first seek his kingdom and see if he would not provide for every one of those needs maybe not in your time maybe not tomorrow maybe not next week but i assure you he will according to his will what if if he does in fact know our hearts and our desires if our prayer and our fasting was completely devoted to him, not what we need from him, but rather him. Seven days of seeking in order to find his presence. Seven days of seeking in order to learn to live on his daily bread. As Matthew 6 and 15 says, 
seeking in order to know him more intimately, seeking in order to discover his purpose more specifically, seeking in order to see our life bring light, bring life, and maybe even bring purpose to someone around your life. What if our seeking him led to us collectively making him known, his presence known, his power known, his grace known, his love known, his purposes known for every one of those people in and around your life that he strategically placed in your sphere of influence, on your path, so that you might plant a seed. What if that's what we've committed to for the next seven days? What if our seeking him led to us collectively making known him? If you remember from last week, fasting happens for him and not for others. Yet what we will discover and what I've discovered is that when we make it all about him, our purpose will in fact become all about others. Why don't you stand with me tonight? I know in a, a few short moments, we're going to leave this moment and we're going to go gather around a TV and we're going to cheer for a team or maybe laugh at a commercial. You might even just be cheering for the food you're going to eat. Maybe for some of you, it's kind of like your last meal before you take a break from food. And that's fine if that's what you've decided. Your last supper. That's between you and the Lord. But before we do that, what if we made a, a real and honest commitment ourselves right here, right now, that for the next seven days, we're going to go on a seeking in order to find him mission. What if we did that? What if we made that commitment? If that's you tonight, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you fast. Just do something that's going to that's gonna invite you into a place where you're going to seek him first. If it's food, great. If it's social media, great. If it's TV, great. I, I, I don't care. That's between you and the Lord. But what I'm most passionate about, what I'm most excited about is the prospect of all of us making a commitment here tonight that we are going to go on a seeking to find Him mission, that we're going to seek Him first. It's not going to be all the things we need. There might be some things that we're desiring and praying, but He knows those. That tonight we're going to commit to seeking Him. For seven days, we're going to seek Him. We're going to seek Him in our morning. We're going to seek Him in our afternoon. We're going to seek Him in our evening. We're just going to create room in our day. We're going to rearrange a few things. We're going to make some adjustments to our schedule. We're going to remove some distractions. We're going to delete some applications. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you, you just decide that for yourself. Share it with somebody to hold you accountable. That's great. Do that. But don't overthink this. Don't spend more time thinking about what you're going to do rather than putting the emphasis on why you're doing it. Tonight, I want us to be about this commitment of seeking Him. Seeking Him. If that's you, just every eye closed, you want to make that commitment, just lift your hands to heaven. So that's me. Father, I want to take this next seven days, and I want to focus all of my attention on seeking to find you. 
to drawing closer to you, to knowing you more. So Heavenly Father, I pray that every person here tonight and every person who's leaning in with us this week, that this would be our prayer, this would be our desire, that we would be a people who hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with you, who are actively seeking you. For we will be completely and entirely and fully satisfied by nothing else, nothing more than your presence. So Father, our commitment here right now in this moment is that for the next seven days, we're going to go on a seek in order to find mission. And our hope is that we would find you. We would draw closer to you. We would discover you. We would hear from you. We would sense your presence in a new and fresh way. God, that we would come out of this with a better clarity, a greater desire, a more intimate relationship with you. And Father, as a result, we know and we trust that you have all things according to your will for our lives already arranged, already worked out for our good, for our best interest, so that we can live the full and abundant life that you've purposed and called us to live. So Father, I pray for every person person here right now that is posturing themselves in this way, making this commitment. Father, it's all about you. This next seven days is about seeking in order to find you. So Father, we pray we'd find you in the morning. We pray we'd find you in the afternoon. We pray you find you in the evening, in the coffee shop, in the grocery store, in the coffee that we're having with a friend or in the business meeting we're having with an entire team of people. Father, we pray we'd find you Wednesday night as we gather here to pray collectively as a community like the Bible teaches us. Father, I pray that as we seek in order to find, we would find you. We find you in the waiting. We find you in the running. We'd find you in the crying. We'd find you in the laughing. Father, we'd find you. So let that be our hearts. Come and have your way this week, Lord. Fill us to overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen.